Hey, and welcome to Cult Faves, a podcast about cults. I'm Sharon Martinetti. (laughs) Yay! That's not the kind of response one would expect when you're like, people who are going to listen. We're talking about people who are going to listen to this podcast. It's totally their reaction. That's true. They're going to be like, oh my God, yeah. So, anyway, I'm Sharon Martinetti. And I'm going to bond. Cher Martinetti, tell and, um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how we met. Well, I was just going to say that we have a cult <laughs> problem. That's how we met. And I feel like, yeah, that's how we met. We met at a 12-step group for people obsessed with cults. No, but this feels like it. I liked my little... <laughs> it's when the 12 steps don't work. The 13th step is start a podcast. Um, yeah, so how did we meet Gwenda? We met the way everyone will meet in the future. It's the new Andy Warhol on a podcast. On a podcast, <laughs> on another podcast. It's true. Cause yeah. Maybe I need a 12 step program for podcasts because I'm on. No, so Cher's like an editorial powerhouse who is also on. Oh my God. To, uh... I don't know about all that, but <laughs> I accept. That's fantastic. That's better than anything that I've ever oh, said about myself or anyone's to ever said about me. with me. I like to introduce people and just brag up on them. But it's true. Okay, so then you can introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Cher Martinetti. You're going to be my hype woman for everything. Editorial powerhouse uh, who edits um, for sci-fi channels. Well, no, not the oh, sci-fi sorry. channel. So oh, I am the managing <laughs> editor. Edit that out. No, we don't. It's okay. But I'm the managing editor for Sci-Fi Wire's Fangirls, which is a female-focused genre vertical that I founded like a little over two years ago. So basically, she runs the sci-fi channel. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that because people are going to start oh, no. tweeting at don't me and be that. like, why did you cancel no. Dark Matter? Her dog, and her dog I have runs. nothing to do with her that. Her dog runs the sci-fi channel. <laughs> no, my dog... We do not. I have nothing to do with the sci-fi <laughs> channel decisions. I just work for the editorial arm of sci-fi. So sci-fi wires to sci-fi, like E News is to yeah. E. And so we met on one yeah. of your podcasts. Yeah, we met on the Strong Female Characters podcast because Preeti, who is my co-host, knows you from the publishing world, and we were talking about Lois Lane because for anyone that doesn't know. Gwenda has written some bomb-ass <laughs> books Aww. about Lois Lane, which you should all run out and read. She's like, I have your right. <laughs> I have written books about <laughs> Lois Lane. <laughs> but like our initial meeting was supposed to be taught, like we were, you know, talking about Lois Lane for the That's anniversary. True. And instead we spent the first 15 minutes talking about cults because I had just watched Wild <laughs> Wild Country. So I. Well, I was like yeah. almost done with it. <laughs> And yeah, Preeti had not. And once Preethi we had not watched that, it, and was like, "What are you guys talking about?" She, yeah, she does not <laughs> care about cults the way we do, and she's like, "Shut up! We have to record a different podcast now." So, so and from there, it yeah, was just that's love at first sight <laughs> or sound at first Skype <laughs> at, at first Skype as for at first cult. Um, but speaking of first cults, like what? Like, how did you even get into cults? Because I always want to know. And it sounds weird when I say this, because it sounds like we're like serial cult joiners. And that's not the case. I mean, I kind of want to. We just I mean, I do have the impulse because writer to uh, make up like, a you know, oh, I, you know, I sadly I was I was born into a cult, but I wasn't. And also, I feel really bad for people who are, Um, you know, I mean, we don't want to make we're not making fun of people who believe. I mean, I think 
That's one no, of the I'm, yeah, it's not. That's one of the reasons why we find it so interesting. We might make fun of the people For that sure. lead them though. Because For those sure. people fuck those yes. people. Fuck fuck cult leaders. Yeah. But I'm not I don't I'm not gonna make fun of anyone who had yeah. these best in- yeah, I'm not making fun of victims, but we will make fun of the cult leaders. But how did you like get into them? I remember like, finding a copy of Helter Skelter, uh, the book about Charles Manson um, and the Manson family in the trial it, on my grandmother's bookshelf. Not sure exactly why it was there, except we always had books around. Um, I also remember reading The Godfather randomly. Like, I think she would just pick up whatever. Yeah, I remember my yeah, my grandfather had a copy. It's funny that you say that because my grandfather had a copy of Dianetics. <laughs> oh. but, but like... My grandfather was also the type of person, and I had no idea what that sure. was. Literally it up so until boring. probably like it fifteen so years boring. ago. Yeah, so I didn't even know at the time I'm what sure that was. I thought Dianetics even... was a diet plan until I was an adult. But I, but I remember they used to have commercials on TV all wow. the time growing up. There was, yeah, there was always commercials on TV. So I had no idea what that was. But my grandfather was a type of person that he dropped out of high school because he grew up during mm-hmm. the depression. So he was very he read a lot yeah. like he was a type of person that you never would have known that he did not self-taught education because very self-taught he was very well spoken and he loved to read things he just was interested in knowing about stuff so i think he probably either was given a copy of that book or just like found like got it for cheap and was curious about what it was yeah. And that was like it, you know, because it was like literally maybe just he one book. And... Diet plan, like me, you clearly had a lot more. You clearly grew up. Where did you grow up? I grew up okay, in Jersey. I was going to say Jersey. you definitely. I'm a dirty Jersey girl. With, uh, a lot more TV channels than I did. I'm pretty sure we only had like a couple oh, with yeah. commercials. <laughs> There's like it was public public education TV. I remember when we got MTV, it was like. So we read a lot. Oh, I remember we read a lot. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, like, of course, I grew up in the New York City metropolitan area, yeah. so we have all yeah. the channels. But like, I remember, I thought it was hot shit because I had like MTV and cable oh. in my room, and like most of my friends didn't even have it in like their yeah. house yet. No, yeah, but, we were very yeah. much we were very much dependent on the VHS. <laughs> Children, there used to yeah. be uh, for all you kids out there. We used to have media in physical physical <laughs> Back in the form. Day. <laughs> And it was really big and terrible physical form that sometimes got all tangled up and you had to like extract it and try and wind Set it back tapes in. and videotapes <laughs> were the worst. Um, but it's weird, even though like that book and it's and I didn't remember it literally until this moment mm-hmm. we were talking about it that my grandfather actually had that book because I just it was like a nothing burger mm-hmm. thing. But that wasn't my first uh, awareness of cults. My first like awareness of cults was definitely in the '90s um, with the Branch Davidians and David Crash, and I remember it, it just being non-stop. all over the news. I remember that too for sure. Yeah, that was crazy, crazy, crazy. The coverage that that got, and to this day, I'm still not a hundred percent sure what the deal was with the Branch Davidians. All I know is that both Tim Daly and um, what's his face. Taylor Kitsch have played David Koresh. I mean, it's like, basically, that's the one in my mind I always think of as, hey, I look a lot like Jesus. I'm going to lean into this. That's what I feel like David Koresh. Like, just to people around him, and they were, okay, we'll go with it. Um, But I think 
But that, I feel like that could be applied to a lot <laughs> of leaders that we're going to find. Because I know the one we're going to talk about today, we could totally Absolutely. apply that. Um, and we, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, I remember that. And I'm sure we'll talk about Waco and all that stuff because there's a lot of craziness around oh, yeah. it. Yeah. And that mean like, uh, oh, well, anyway, we want, why, yeah, this is the, this is the cult problem is you want to talk about all of them when they come up. Like yeah. at once. Yeah. Right. And like we even, so we might do that a little bit. But we don't so what's to. your, I have one more like question for you. And then I know, so basically we're yeah. each going to pick a cult every week and Cher has picked a cult this week and it's going to lead the discussion of it. Um, but so what is the thing you think, if you had to describe your fascination with cults, like what is at the mm-hmm. core of it? I think, actually I think, I know for me, my my fascination with cults is that there's something about humanity that I think it's a very human thing to want to have this understanding of a higher power or a God or something else. I think it's a very human thing. And whether your relationship to that is not to believe it or to go through a process of you inherited an ideology from your family or from you know your neighborhood or whatever the case may be, um, I think there's it's a very human thing because if you look back since the beginning of time, humans have had these mythologies and ideologies and religions that they have believed in. And it's interesting when you start seeing how they've evolved and how they're all kind of the same thing and then how they go into this extreme territory. And when they go into that extreme area where it becomes classified as a cult, not just with ideology, just in general, I think it's really interesting because, one, there's a definite type of personality that ends up being a cult leader. And, you know, they're right, usually it's narcissists. Not an accident. And no one wakes up and says, it's not. I started a cult. <laughs> yeah, no one accidentally has started. Like, they're narcissists. They're, um, they're very manipulative. Sometimes they're sociopaths. And they're almost always men, almost yep. always white men which I think speaks a lot to power structure and dynamic in our society. So I think like that opens up a lot of interesting conversations. And I think the other thing too, is that I think the people that end up under their spell, so to speak, um, I think it's a couple of things, you know, I think one that you're talking about abusive relationships, Mm. they're emotionally abusive at the very least, if not physically abusive and sexually abusive, which at times we're going to just find that that's very much the case in some of these, these groups. Um, And I think that for people that end up in cults, a lot of the times, you know, some people that end up in cults, they end up in another very similar type of group afterwards. So I think that there's something there, not just as far as like being a victim of abuse, but I think there's also something there. It's almost like an addiction. It's almost, and I don't, and I think like, I really honestly think that we as a society need to start looking at that behavior a little bit more closely, both in terms of, of mental health, because there's definitely some PTSD and, and there's definitely, you know, mental, like I said, all the different types of abuse that are happening. But I think there's also, um, I think there's also almost like this addiction because it, anytime someone goes to an extreme with anything, that's not a healthy balanced Mm -hmm. behavior and there's a reason for that like if somebody's an obsessive you know 
gambler they're addicted to gambling like that's that's a compulsion like they can't they have a problem with impulse control it's the same thing with people that are drug addicts or alcoholics there's a problem with impulse control and i and i wonder if people that end up in cults and especially these really really dangerous ones and i mean get like totally all in i wonder if there's a similarity there because they go to this extreme and they can't get out because it's like almost like they're chasing this high of spirituality and religion so i think that's interesting i think there's like a lot of interesting aspects there you know i've dated narcissists before so who hasn't you know on the other end with that (laughs) who hasn't (laughs) but like i mean a lot of people Uh, actually there's this whole thing called attachment theory and i'm getting like super psych like psychological here but there's this whole thing called attachment theory and and i think again this also comes into play a lot when we start talking about these groups and with attachment theory the premise of it and i'm paraphrasing and generalizing is that the way a child a baby during its most formative years from birth to like infancy during those years the relationship that baby has with its primary caregivers will determine and impact how all of its relation that that baby's relationships will be for the rest of their life unless they actively work on correcting it so and that means like both, you know, intimate relationships, friendships, the whole nine. It it affects the it's way really you interact with other people. Yeah. And I think it's really that, interesting. We think th- free will yeah, is it's free super will interesting. Is like so much a part of a lot of these groups, right? Like people believe they're making a choice right. or they're cho- or they believe the exact opposite, like they're chosen. But you know, we actually know yeah. from science that a lot of what we perceive as choices that we make are very much right. like happening without our real <laughs> buy-in or sort of automatically or we don't really understand unless we are super actively involved in doing it yeah i find that really interesting yeah Yeah. so it's like i I just think there's so much there to impact and i think that i think you know and i notice that a lot of women tend to be interested in cults and and at least like you know if a documentary comes on or whatever it's a lot of women tend to be fascinated by them and I wonder if a lot of that is because of a lot of those themes where we're talking about the power dynamic and how it's usually a man. And I wonder what that says about society overall. Well, it's, it's sort and, of similar to... I don't know, it's just it's really interesting. It's sort of similar to true crime, right? Because, again, like the primary right. audience... And, and obviously not all cults lead to criminal acts, but a lot of them do. There's a lot of overlap there. And I mean, women are often the victims or at least are set up and told the story of that. Like what really fascinates me about cults, um, in addition to all the things you said, which I totally agree with, um, is the storytelling is fascinating to me on all sorts of levels. The stories that people tell themselves, the stories that people believe or that help people make sense of the world. I find that very interesting. And as you said, we'll see a lot of commonalities in these, but also these weird little twists. And they're just a fascinating microcosm of all the things that go wrong, right? And also you have these giant figures who are almost archetypes or who want to be archetypes, right? Um, Yeah. That are, I think there's a cult of personality, uh, no pun intended, that grows up around a lot of these people. But that's exactly, yeah. 
Exactly. And, um, and it is because they are manufacturing, in a lot of cases, this persona for themselves and getting people to believe this story that is complete fabrication that only really benefits them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I find all of that very interesting. Like, anybody who can get people to make decisions that are counterproductive to their own personal benefit, which, hello, America 2018. <laughs> There's a lot of people that fall into that category. Like, just the yeah. whole concept of belief and what we believe and how that plays into what we think about who we are is really fascinating to me. And it seems like cults also touch on all these, like, well, as we get into these, I feel like we're going to see a lot of echelons of society and little pockets that we don't usually see reflected in other parts of the media. And I wonder if that is part of what makes it easier for these folks to spend kind of stories because these are people that have kind of been forgotten in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. And I think also to some extent, it's a little bit yes. of an echo chamber, right? And I think it's also, it. there's definitely a level of, of cognitive dissonance that has to take place in order to, that becomes your reality, yeah. you know? So it's interesting. So I looked mm-hmm. up the etymology of Ooh. the word cult because lay it I'm on me, dork. nerd. <laughs> I will. So <clears throat> initially in 1610s, that's when like the word first kind of popped up. But that's pretty it, recent. It that's meant pretty more, recent. Yeah. So it meant more like worship and and like paying homage to something. And then, but that's obviously not the case anymore. And then in the 1670s, it meant a particular form or system of worship. And it was taken from the French word cult mm. with an E on the end. But then, um <laughs> And from the Latin cultus. cultus. But in Latin, cultus meant care, labor, cultivation, culture, worship, reverence. So, and it was originally tended mm-hmm. to and cultivated. So it it kind of meant more like you were like taking care of a colony or building a colony. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? If I think about like Greek <laughs> gods and goddesses and having like these kind of like split off orders and temples that were very devoted to one or the other, yeah. right? Like you can sort of see how at that at that time maybe a cult or a sect, right? It, and then over time, it yeah. kind of becomes used as this descriptor for fringe groups right for people that split off well it's interesting yeah so it's really interesting to say that because after 17th century the word didn't really exist anymore it stopped being used but it was revived mid 19th century with reference to ancient or primitive systems of religious belief and worship especially the rites and ceremonies employed in such worship then it got extended meaning to devotion attention to a particular person Um. or thing starting in like 1829. Okay. So cult as an organized group of people with whom, you know, religious or not, with whom you disagree, as of 1993, that was how people viewed what a cult was. So and we know before it's, people it's write in, we know it, that this is a controversial term and we're not going to use new religious yeah. movement because we're going to talk about things that aren't religious movements. We're using the broadest possible definition yeah i like and that's thing it's definitely the broadest possible because like there's you know when we when we sat down and we were talking about doing this podcast we were like okay there's a lot of cults that are out there but there's also 
you know, fictional cults, which I think is mm-hmm. is fascinating and interesting. Sometimes they are based on real cults. Sometimes they're not. And they're based on just groups of people. Sometimes it's just Dan Brown. Exist. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think, um, you know, cult of personality. I think, uh, you know, especially nowadays, I think with us being so connected mm-hmm. so much, I don't know that we are ready for that level of connection. And I think that... I think that's why people end up having to feel tied to or identified by a thing. I think, you know, the cult of Trump is absolutely Absolutely. something we should explore. You know, and I think that there's a lot of extreme uh, organizations that maybe they're not being called cults, but everything about their behavior is cultish. And I think that, you know, stuff like multi-level marketing, which employs a lot of the same it's you know, a lot of these strategies as some of yeah, these cults. How a lot of these start. A lot of them do. So, you know, there's fitness cult. There's all sorts of stuff that we're yeah. discussing. So, like, we're using the broadest and term. And I'm totally going to make um, Cher talk about Bigfoot at some point. So you've got that to look forward <laughs> oh to. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the communities that grow up around. I mean, the there's, yeah, there's some pretty extreme and, yeah, communities. Yeah, and we're going we're to tackle all of it. Basically, if you have an extreme belief, you're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, people. Um, speaking of extreme beliefs, did you have you seen that show? I think it's on A&E called Not Extreme yet. Beliefs. It's kind of oh, disappointing. Oh, no. Yeah, I watched a couple episodes, and I, I think the way it's shot is kind of mm. disappointing um, because it jumps around a lot and I feel like they, they just find like one person that was involved in whatever organization that they're talking about. So it kind of just, I think it lacks that type of like deeper dive that you get maybe at some of the, at some of documentaries these other shows and- or some other, other documentaries. Yeah. Because it's like, here's one person's, you know, experience, which I'm not diminishing sure. their experience, but it's like this one person's experience and this one woman who's the host and then this one woman who's, I guess, like a specialist on cults or something. So she's, it like jumps back and forth a lot. And then, I don't know, it's just, you know, you know what? It's not let my me favorite. Bl- let me blow, it's not let my me favorite. Blow I think mind. they could have done more. If we, uh, if we continue doing the show and we've got like 50 episodes of this in, in however long we a year, make our own we TV will also show. be considered experts on cults oh my god <laughs> mine is blown but they didn't so they let's talk about a documentary i did actually love so after i watched wild Wild country which is how we first bonded um you know i have amazon tv in my bedroom and i have apple tv do they fight with each room. other do they have a rivalry <laughs> Yes, like my kitchen is like basically the Gaza Strip. <laughs> so like you just, they, they hate each other. Um, I'm pretty sure because the Apple TV is closer to my modem that it intentionally tries to like cock block the reception for I my have Amazon to admit, TV. I'm now see, seeing like a whole like, see Apple uh, enemies to lovers kind of story here. I know. Among your Apple TV and your They'll fire. Have little, I know. They'll have little Apple fire babies. Be like the fruit, the forbidden fruit. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> speaking what of was cults, the, that dance movie. I know, but what was that dance movie that's like the forbidden, oh, the, like Lombata, was it t- the forbidden Lombata. tango? Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be like this, like forbidden dance of love. <laughs> that's gonna be my Apple TV and my Amazon Fire TV. Anyway, a lot of good music. Um, <laughs> You're gonna get a lot of good, good music out of that. Maybe, oh, something. I don't know what. But uh, so my 
the Amazon Fire TV, if you do not have it, what it does, it, and I do actually like this feature. It's one of the few features that the Fire TV has that I really like that Apple does not have. If you feel free to sponsor us, feel free to sponsor us. Fire TV. <laughs> if you watched something, it will recommend other things that you uh, may like just on your homepage. So I like that it does that. So I had watched on Netflix, Wild Wild Country, amazing documentary. Everybody needs to watch it because when we do the episode about it, I feel like that's going to be a long episode because that shit is like next maybe level. Two, maybe two episodes. Yeah. Maybe that watch, might a, need to maybe be a watch along. Maybe a, yeah. Oh my God, we should. Okay, so anyway. Um, so Amazon Fire TV started recommending like all these different movies that were you know, the algorithm felt would be in line with my interest based solely on that show. And one of them, I see this like, you know, um, thumbnail image, whatever we want to call it, of um, it looks like an album cover from the 70s. So already I am sold. And it says the Source family. And I'm like, what is this shit? So I read, <laughs> I read the description and it says sex drugs rock and roll basically turned into a cult like i'm paraphrasing it's not exactly what it said but it did say sex drugs and rock and roll and i was like okay click press play because Which is a very I, accurate tagline like very accurate tagline 100 percent. so i always joke that if i you know when people are like oh if you could have been alive in any other time da 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 when would you want to be alive and i always say that if i could i'd want to be a teenager in the 70s purely because i love classic rock and i would want to like go see led zeppelin live and like the stones and like queen like all these bands because i like love classic rock and also almost famous is one of my (laughs) top five movies of all time so i would definitely have been like a band-aid which i understand (laughs) they're massively underage and they're sleeping with adult men i'm not saying that part is good it's not i would want to be just know yourself (laughs) I just know myself. I know I would want to be like partying at like the riot house with, you know, like Bowie and like all these, you know, famous rockers. Yeah. So I see this documentary and I decide I have to watch it. So I start watching the source family. And of course, like I'm the type of person when I'm watching something, I have to Google instantly. (laughs) Like I need to know more. So the source family was this cult that, they didn't exist for a very long time. Um, picture it, 1972, Los Angeles. I feel I'm, like picturing, <laughs> I'm picturing. I'm um, picturing sweaty. Right. <laughs> I know you are very yes. Lots of hippies. So it's really so. This family basically started um, this guy whose name was Father Yod, who did not yeah, start I as mean, Father Yod. He initially started. <laughs> I know. His name was initially Jim Baker, which right there, red <laughs> fucking flag. Parents. Um, parents. <laughs> yeah. Do not name. If your last name is Baker, do not name your son Jim. Jim Jimmy, just James. Do it. It's all off the table. Yeah. No variation. Like, it's just, it's a big red flag. Um, so Jim Baker was this guy who um, he, I guess, was a, was a war hero, hero and um, he got a silver heart, I think, or... He got some type of, I'm pretty sure it was the civil, civil, not, is it a silver heart when you got wounded and 
Purple Heart mm-hmm. is when you get wounded. He didn't get wounded, but I think he saved somebody who got wounded. But um, he basically moved out to L.A. and started a chain of health food stores. And he had some success. Um, but then after his uh, foray into that world went south, he then decided to open, which is very interesting, the very first vegetarian restaurant in the country. And it was all local, like organic, you know, every, it was basically pre Whole Foods, but mm-hmm. restaurant. And it was on the Sunset Strip and it was huge, huge success. Celebrities went there all the time, like Marlon Brando and John and Yoko and like all these celebrities and hippies all hung out there and ate there. And at this time, when he had opened this restaurant, he started going by the name Father Yad. So he, at some point in his life, this guy's had a very interesting, um, should we say story arc? Because I don't know how well, much right. of it is so bullshit. Supposedly he's like a martial arts <laughs> expert, right? Who wanted to do stunts? Well, yeah. So he really, he was a black belt in judo. He moved out to L.A. from the Midwest, ditching, by the way, his wife and kids. So he had a wife and kids. And he abandoned them. Yeah, he's not a great guy. Um, He abandoned them to go out to L.A. because he wanted to... There's two versions of this. One version is that he was trying out for auditioning for a role as Tarzan, which, come on. Like, of all the movie parts in the 70s to be decided, like, that's what you're chasing and, like, leaving your family for... Um, the other version is that he moved out to LA to become a stunt devil, like a stunt man. So he was a black belt in judo and he ended up somehow opening these health food restaurants. And there's some story behind that too. Supposedly he robbed some <laughs> banks and like, that was how he helped finance sure. these restaurants. It was the seventies. Um, yeah, great guy. <laughs> Everyone was, was robbing 70s. banks. Why Everyone not? was robbing banks. Right. Totally left. normal. Um, then he murdered a guy. <laughs> okay. Supposedly in self-defense, uh, he judo chopped him oh and it ended up killing God. him. Really? Um, the judo? Yeah. He killed, he killed someone yeah. with a judo chop. I mean, that sounds like something it out does. of Austin Powers. Because he does. Doesn't he like go judo <laughs> chop? So it's very hard for me to take it seriously when like I hear that. That's no, but it's terrible. But that's what he did. It's terrible. It's a terrible um, way to die too. Can and, you imagine? <laughs> I know it's awful. Um, yeah, so uh, he then supposedly murdered another guy. <laughs> That's not, uh, you know. Now you're kind of. It, it's not. Was it? Yeah. It was self defense the first time, right? In theory, maybe. In theory, yeah, and uh, supposedly self defense. The second one yeah, is a little second, easier. Once you're killing people he, left and right, you. You're a serial killer at that point. Or or something. You have lost the... You've lost the benefit of the doubt. You've lost... (laughs) Yeah. So, he then ends up, since he was always, like, you know, it was the 70s, he was a bit of a hippie, um, he ends up studying with some major guru, and I I can't remember if it was... He's um, like Bajan. Yeah, it was Bajan, but he he goes by a different name. And it I think yeah. he was the same. He, he's a yogi. Huh? Yeah, he was the same guy. He's a yogi. He was the same guy that um, Yogananda yeah, yeah, studied yeah. with. But it wasn't Yogananda. But he was the same person that Yogananda studied with. And I can't remember his name right now. But I know it, I know it starts with a B. Um, and my yoga teacher would be like, 
I'm really disappointed that I didn't know this person's name because um, he's a very, the very well-known. The person would be relieved, uh, though, because he really, he regrets this whole Jim Baker period of his life, probably. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> it has to. Um, yeah, so he ends up studying with him and then gets turned on to everything about spirituality and this whole new age spiritual movement. It's the 70s, the countercult- that's the height of the counterculture. He opens this vegetarian restaurant and the restaurant ends up taking off and it is like super successful. And eventually, you know, he decides, and I think it was because people that worked there talked him into leading meditation classes on Sundays. So every Sunday morning, they led a meditation class at the Source restaurant. And from there, you know, because he was super into like transcendental, transcendental meditation. Um, from there, he ended up um, starting this cult because it was like the people that just ended up coming to the restaurant all the time. And... They all. He's like, what's better than being a stuntman, being a cult leader? Right. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, in the beginning, it sounds just kind of like he's riding this high of like enlightenment and spirituality. He's done a little light murder, but he's not really actively harming people in his (laughs) beliefs. Right. He, he's like, he put the murder and bank robbing days behind him. He's a new man. He's Father Yod now. He's not Which Jim first, Baker anymore. He's Father Yod. Father Yod has not killed anyone first as far alarm as he's bell. concerned. Siren going off when someone gives themselves right. a new name. Right, when you've changed Which, your identity I mean, obviously, to leave your other yeah, life behind. If you've named yourself Father, God, like anything that rhymes with God, like you probably should re-examine things. You, you might, might be a cult, be a cult leader. leader. So, yeah. So he ends up um, meeting one of the waitresses at his restaurant is a 19-year-old. They end up getting married when she's like 20. He's like 47. And they were like totally in love. And then, you know, he has this group of followers and there's about 100 and 150 of them. And they all decide to move into a house together in Los Feliz, in this Los Feliz mansion. And I just said mansion weird, like almost like I'm faking an accent. Like mansion. <laughs> I live in your uh, mansion. <laughs> they move into a mansion. Um, you have to say mansion. it that way because mansions mansion. are very fancy. Very, very fancy. A mansion. So they move into this uh, Louis Feliz mansion and they dub it uh, the mother house. And they lived there for a couple, maybe like a year or so. Um, and there was, you know, like constantly like once in a while celebrities were showing up and whatever and they're still kind of preaching their whole free love they're really into you know meditation and eating raw vegan like the whole nine like i'm telling you it, it's it sounds like it literally sounds like parts it's of cro- crossfit <laughs> crossed with keto crossed with but they're not even like the yeah they're not even like that level of extreme they're like super into the hippie like yeah i'm vegan and like i meditate and they would like get up at four o'clock in the morning and meditate and like listen i'm so not shitting on meditation because I, I meditate and i do I yoga did read a thing like an interview with two of these people that this is where i always get hung up on these kind of like a hundred people in and out of a house or whatever even if it is a yeah. mansion <laughs> It's still a mansion. <laughs> a mansion. Even if a it mansion. is a mansion, like a big mansion, yeah. um, it's still like how do you? Li- and so they basically had like blanket rolls, and then okay, stop me. <laughs> you know this? They built some plat. They Wait, they had basically like blanket rolls where they slept. They like didn't have very much space, and they basically give up their shit when they moved there. 
and right. they have but hold on no but was that in this house or is it the, in the second it house because the second it house might be was the a, second yeah. house where they have platforms they built outside for sex so people could have privacy yes so that was the oh, second okay. that was the Sorry. second house I that was the second ahead. house okay so yeah it's okay so the mother house um they you know at first, like they were still kind of like just this communal hippie mm-hmm. group at the time and I would say at this point in the documentary, I'm like, eh, this isn't like that bad. You know, it just sounds like a bunch of hippies, to be honest with you. So their beliefs were, again, like they would get up at four o'clock in the morning, they would meditate. And then right after they meditate, they would then partake of the sacred, (laughs) the sacred herb, which, you know, heck, like I co-signed this 100%. So they would smoke up. And then... You know, like their whole thing was about like eating healthy and just like being kind, like stuff that's like, yeah. And did you tell me they all worked at the restaurant? And yeah, so they all, well, most of like the most of them did work at the restaurant because that's how they kind of met. So the restaurant was the main source of income for the source family. And the restaurant brought in like $300,000 a month, which even now is not small change so for then that's like insane crazy money and when i say like this restaurant was famous like this this restaurant there's a scene that was filmed for annie hall where woody allen is ordering um alfalfa sprouts and mashed mashed yeast um and oh, that's the wow. restaurant that is you very how yeah. foreboding foreshadowing like, <laughs> i know it's totally <laughs> foreshadowing um of course he's eating there and it's like you know like the Almond Brothers would like go there, like all these different rockers would They'd go there be for like, dinner. Vegetables all the time, are cool because <laughs> they yeah, are. Because, like, I mean, they know, are. But no, I mean, for the time, vegetables it was are cool. But it's also right for the time it was right. Plus, it's like you know they were all definitely taking <laughs> drugs, like not not just weed. Like they were like doing all sorts of psychedelics. So I I find it very funny that like. They're doing psychedelics and all these like chemicals and drugs, but they're, they're making healthy. sure they're eating vegetarian what makes and the, organic. It makes the veg- yeah. it makes the vegetables taste better, <laughs> right? Or vice versa, it makes the effects of the drugs like not as bad Maybe. in your body. That's I guess. Not, like, that I don't know. seems legit. That seems so, like science. <laughs> yeah, totally science. That's how it works. So this family lived in this house for about a year, and. Around the same time, like the neighbors started being very uncomfortable with the fact that they were there. So the owner of the house chose not to renew their lease. The reason being was because not far away, a couple like, you know, minutes down the road, another cult committed a a bunch of murders. Spoiler alert, the Manson family. Um, And that is why people were very uneasy about them being in their neighborhood. So they end up moving to now the father house, which is a smaller house, but that's the one where they were sleeping okay. in like cubbies and shit. And it was crazy. I mean, there was one, it was a one the bathroom idea house. of the lack of privacy and being surrounded by so many people. Um, honestly, my anxiety also, like, is like is my that nightmare. It's like, are these people all extroverts? What is up? <laughs> Probably yeah. so. I can't even sleep. I can't even sleep in a bad hotel. Like, so I can't even imagine as much as like, I have that part of me that's like, yeah, like that's cool. Like the hippie thing. But I'm like, yeah, but I also need yeah. clean sheets and like, yeah. they have to be like a high thread count. Yeah. It's like uh, camping. And no, also- that's just not, it's not who I yeah. am. I can do the cult thing. If it's like the glamping version. I still of need this a, thing. I need like a bathroom. I need an indoor bathroom. Well, yeah, that's what glamping oh. is. Glamping is like, you have all the amenities. Oh, okay. Cause glamp. 
glam. But you, st- you still have to be outside glamping. with bugs. <laughs> no. I mean, like, you could sit on the porch, okay. I guess. Like, I don't know. So they now live in the father house. And at this time, you know, obviously, as time goes by, Father Yod is starting to get more extreme in his beliefs, which is what tends to happen. He still believes in the whole, you know, free love and be kind and, you know, to meditate and all this like new age, typical spirituality stuff. But then he starts uh, deciding that free love also means like he can have a harem. So he starts having multiple alarm bell, which (laughs) right, which his wife was like devastated. Uh, Well, she's a 20 year old boy because like this is not right. She's she's young. Like she was so in love with him and she's devastated by this. But then she feels like, well, because he, you know, the master's. And the divinity flows through him and so that he's like divine. So he has to spread his love, oh. his divineness. And, and oh, oh, yeah, honey, so he's selling honey, this like bullshit. so much better. <laughs> right. So at this point, also, the people in um, this group, they start taking on, the, they start legally changing their name to Aquarian. So remember like that song, yeah. Age of Aquarius? So that was like an actual thing. Like the age of Aquarius was this new age belief. And they obviously believed in it and the power of the Aquarian. So they also changing was, their name legally to Aquarian. Aquarium. I wish they believed in the power of the Aquarium. <laughs> imagine if somebody had a t- imagine if somebody had a typo and like their last name was Aquarian. <laughs> so their their middle names were all the so they all had like these different first names that Father Yod gave them. So like one of them's name is Sunflower, the Aquarium. The, I say aquarium. Did you hear me? Aquarium. We changed it. Thanks. We changed it. And another one's name was like electricity. Oh, God. And then there is this woman named Isis. Isis. The aquarium. So Isis. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's to that. If at this point you have not changed your first name from Isis, like we're going we're gonna to have, have a little discussion about it. I sent you. Decisions. I looked up when she, she gave me yes. the name of the cult and I found an interview with Isis Aquarian. Right. So Isis the Aquarian. <laughs> Isis Aquarian is apparently the keeper of records and she this this documentary was made with in correspondence with her and another member of the cult that she's still a believer right yeah they still believe in the the beliefs that they started that family with so there's total hippies and Trivial stuff. Trivial alert, but, though. She dated um, Rob Reiner. That seems to be one of her early yeah, brags. Yeah, this is amazing. And hold on. We're going to have to talk about that in a second. <laughs> hold on. Like, pause and hold that thought. Don't lose that thought. Because it's interesting. Like, there's uh, one time this famous photographer came out to shoot, like, you know, pictures. Because I guess, like, they were doing some magazine story on this fam, on the cult. And his girlfriend, who actually is fiance, um, ended up leaving him to stay with you the dodged cult. a bullet dude and he was like <laughs> yeah and he was like this major major rock photographer like a very famous rock photographer um but yeah so the documentary was made with isis because you know she's the keeper of records and this and a couple other people from the family and that part kind of seems weird to me because the people that were interviewed for this some of them were very like listen they were like he had some great beliefs but like he did do this thing which wasn't cool but like some of them like one guy at the end of the documentary he's like a survivalist and he's off the grid 
which I think is like, if you're off the grid, how the fuck are you in yeah, a documentary? Yeah, that calling but, bullshit. But he no, but he like is he lives off the land, like he legit like they show where just he makes lives. Sure and I'm everyone like, knows. What? Like I'm in this particular ditch area. Like come find me. No, it's not. I think like a couple. He stays in touch with one or, or two people from Or is he in Hawaii place. or something? Where? No, he's in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah he's in Hawaii. See, but they, he lives. Cr- this is the th- oh well. So go on with the story because they all. I mean, like I can totally get like if you're continue yeah, living in, in Hawaii, Hawaii yeah. they end up in Hawaii. Yeah, so like we're jumping a little bit. So when they're at the father house, um, you know, Father Yod starts taking multiple wives. He has a fleet of Rolls Royces that he drives around in, which for some reason, and I don't understand this, I don't know what it is <laughs> with these like cult leaders from the seventies and eighties that had to have fleets it's, of Rolls Royces. I don't like, get it. At I don't all. know if it's because it was the only luxury car at the time or something, but. Yeah, because the dude from Wild Wild Country also had like ninety right. Rolls Royces and a private jet. He had like, more, what? so like that's like take Johnny that, Depp, Father Yon. <laughs> yeah, that's like Johnny Depp type of spending. That's Johnny Depp spending right there. And um, uh, treatment of women. Oh wait. Oh, oops. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's similar. Treatment yeah. of women is similar. Um, so yeah, so you know, Father Yod then decides that. Um, they're going to play instruments. So they go out and spend a bunch of money on instruments and they build like a little recording space or studio space, rehearsal space in their in the father house. And they start rehearsing. And then they start actually like touring and they started a <laughs> band. Okay. And it's a psychedelic rock band that the albums, they started actually releasing albums. And these album album covers are wild. And like to this day, those albums are considered collectors' albums wow. because one, believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this, they're actually pretty decent. Like you hear some of the music, and some of them, here's an appearance by the doggos, um, and some of them are, they sound a little bit like the Doors. Like it does sound like legit '70s psychedelic rock, like stoner rock. Um, and it was very weird watching this documentary because Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins is like all of a sudden in the documentary talking about like these albums because obviously Billy Corgan it, like collects collects them. Um, but yeah, so they start touring and they start releasing these albums and they perform a concert at Beverly Hills High School. And when they're at Beverly Hills High School, like people by this time are aware that the source family is a cult. Like people know, at least people in California know about them. The article has come out about them. And now here they are performing with their band at Beverly Hills high school in like 1973, which to me is wild. Like that's just such a, like such a seventies thing to have happen. Um, it's 902. Yeah. It's like 90210 from- cult. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's wild. So, um, but then after a while, uh, they decide, well, F- Jim Baker, sorry, Father Yod, decides that he's going to close the source restaurant and move the family to Hawaii. And that was like literally out of nowhere. A lot of people were taken by surprise from this. Um, and part of it was because like the local government and the authorities were not really happy about them. They were starting to kind of like <laughs> you had sex on them platform because they were not into it. Well, not even because like the sex platforms. It was because like they were like they 
there were babies being born oh, at the, at the compound without any type of medical attention. And um, and they also, one of their beliefs, which this is such a fucking L.A. thing, and even now, is that they didn't believe in hospitals. So if someone was, like, I think, like, someone supposedly might have died at the house because they were, they just didn't go get medical attention when they needed it. So, like, all these type of things happening and the fact that there were so many people living in a house that was not mm-hmm. meant for that number of people, you know, they were, like, they were basically getting pressure and he was like, let me get the fuck out of Dodge before I get in trouble. So he closes the restaurant and moves with about, like, 20 of them or so to Hawaii. And they kind of, like hang out in Hawaii for a bit. I think they came back to like San Francisco for a little, but they ended up going back to Hawaii. So now it's like 1975-ish because again, this cult was not around for very long. And they're in Hawaii and he decides to go hang gliding. And he's never been hang gliding in his life, but he decides I'm going to go hang gliding. So he goes hang gliding and spoiler alert, if you go fucking hang gliding by yourself and have never gone hang gliding, that's not going to really end well. And that's what happened. He ended up crashing on the beach. And because he did not believe in hospitals, he refused to let them take him anywhere. And he kind of just laid there. And they eventually were able to carry him, I think, into like the house mm-hmm. they were living in. But he just laid there. And it's really jarring because in this documentary, you hear the recordings of him like talking because they were like audio recordings because he's and their because he's their guru he, like, he's their he's their spiritual leader right so yeah so like he couldn't uh, feel anything and whatever and um and then he ended up dying he ended up dying of course um and then that was probably the best thing that he could have done for <laughs> the majority of the people these people <laughs> I mean, to be honest to you, he because like, you know, himself he had this whole by accident, right? So he had this, I mean, but think about yeah. it. Like, so they have these beliefs and these, and their beliefs are like, you know, don't, you know, you're not supposed to harm the body and da da da. But it's like, just by denying medical right. treatment when you need it, you hey, are harming right. your body. Like, this isn't just like being an anti-vaxxer. This is like flat out, you do not believe in medicine. And that's a problem. Um, but also like, he, you know, he spouted this whole free love thing and he let women choose their partners, but then women would be with like their partner. And then all of a sudden he'd be like, you're going to be with this person now. And like basically reassign them to another yeah. partner and they would have to leave their, their partner and then start like sleeping with this other guy, which is no, not free I read love. this thing where he apparently was very much on the, you know, all of these 12 to 14 wives, depending upon who, you know, what number, what you're reading. Because like anything with cults, like the sources are a little bit different. And this one, yeah. there's not a ton about it on the Internet or anywhere, um, probably because it was so short lived uh, and because it was just not very big. But it's fascinating. But that they just really wanted to be with him like he didn't. It, you know, it was almost like in the descriptions like, oh, well, I'm just this guy. You know, they they can't be with anyone after they've been with me because I'm so wonderful. <laughs> And it's like, right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So it's wait. No, I just oh, my God. Because I just realized the woman that left her famous rock photographer Uh fiance is ISIS. It was ISIS. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I don't know why I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. I I guess it feels weird to say, oh, my God, on a thing about cults. Um, But what is gosh? Like, I don't even know. (laughs) Like. 
I'm I've apparently turned into oh, an gosh. old Southern lady. I'm just gonna be like, heck, damnation! <laughs> like, I've never heard anything like this. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, her friend was was this is, the wife, oh. and that's how she ended up meeting him. And she met him when he owned a different restaurant, which was successful, Old World Restaurant. And that was before the Source Restaurant opened. Well, and I did see yeah. something that, like, they stayed together, some of them, for like, a couple years after he died in Hawaii. Probably just because yeah. they're in Hawaii. And, and well, but also, yeah, like, where yeah, they didn't have jobs. Where you gotta go. You know, like, they didn't, right, yeah, they didn't have, like, a means of income. It's nice there. <laughs> yeah. This is better yeah. than a better than a mansion. Hawaii is better than a mansion. So there was also, um, yeah. So she ended up becoming one of father's fourteen wives, and there was a thirteen woman council which handled the family business. So Isis was a member. So of So they that did all council. the work, but her job. <laughs> Oh, yeah, did all the work and had to sleep with whoever he said. I mean, this is part um, of this. I mean, this is you touched on this earlier when you were talking about the fascinating, like, kind of male power dynamics with these cults, and and this is like a thing that we're going to see recurring over and over again. And obviously, it's just happened with that Keith Rainier guy and the Allison Max, you know, sex branding arm of Nixum or Nexium or however you say it. Um, but it is another alarm bell that I think goes off when someone's like, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to, I mean, polygamy is fine, but when you're, when there's a power imbalance, right, I'm assuming most of these women were probably a lot younger than him. And yeah, they all, they all were. So all the women, when he started marrying them, they were all like 18 yeah. years old. No. So no, not okay. Impressionable. I mean, you're basically preying on. I mean, who among us wants to be held accountable for things we did in our early twenties? Not me. And I didn't join a cult. Oh my god! But no, no, please. I mean, you're. Yeah, I did enough shit on my yeah. own. I didn't need to be in a cult. But so the interesting. Well, another interesting thing is that a lot of these people that ended up in this family had problems of course of course they right so this goes back to that whole attachment theory thing so a lot of them had they didn't have good relationships with their father and they ended up seeking that and obviously found that in him hence you know by just taking the name father yod he's reinforcing that he's going to be his father right and they've got and now they've got 14 moms yeah so now it's like he builds this harem and so ISIS, I'm reading right now. So they have a website. It's called yahoha.org, which is supposed to keep the memory alive and all the beliefs. And ISIS went from being, so she was the keeper of records. She was one of the most active photographers of father and the family and filmed recorded audio, particular each of father's morning classes, maintained scrapbooks, helped take care of family business, and was one of father's 14 wives. She has a daughter named Saturna who... <laughs> of course she does but like I have no idea who if he's the father or not from the days of the source family I don't think he is um, and her daughter is now married and lives in Hawaii and is raising her daughter Alana Isis has remained father Yahowah's wife which by the way he started telling people to call him Yahowah and Yahowah is a translate like translated from I don't know if it's Sanskrit or Hindi but the translation is, is basically God so, so you leveled, so he leveled up on his on his on his godlike right. renaming. <laughs> exactly, he leveled up. So 
Isis has remained his remained his wife, became the Aquarian nun. I don't even know it, what that nothing. means. It means nothing. And now the Aquarian, <laughs> right? And now the Aquarian crone. Cronehood is the last stage of I the have goddess to say, trinity. I kind of want to bring back crone as like. I mean, it actually sounds like a really cool thing to be, but this is kind of ruining it for me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I exactly like I want to be the last age of, want, a, of the goddess. I want to be an aquarium you know? chrome crone. <laughs> so um, Isis remembers having visions and psychic experience from chat. Of course she does. And she lives in Hawaii and travels as events dictate. So she That's, said, I also the, travel the as great- events dictate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what does it even mean? Um, so she set up the web this website in 2000 and it looks like it, it looks like it hasn't been updated since <laughs> and then are Isis you and e, are and you I, critiquing their web design <laughs> i mean there's what a lot going on, like? on this website. what does it look so, yes, like it looks exactly what you think a, a cult website dis- would look like describe Very it outdated. though like we have we don't have the visual it's, like tell me what it looks like i'm too lazy I mean, to google it it looks it looks like something that would have existed on like what was that angel fire or what was <laughs> oh that? my god that's hilarious it's like it looks like a real early web page like when you know when you could like make your own page I've, on like certain I, things it i found an interview like with a couple people who were in this cult and it is green type bright green type on black and the font is comic oh my god, sans my the font is comic sans Oh, comic sans. For like a 4,000 word interview. That's, that's painful. <laughs> um, that's yeah. painful. But like, all right, so they have, so here's the thing. So this site is supposed to continue the great work. And the, here's another thing that they do, which also just drives me up a fucking wall. And this is an editor slash writer thing. I hate when people unnecessarily <laughs> capitalize words or use quotation marks. So it seems like you're, quote, yeah. like, allegedly you're like basically yeah. trolling yourself when you do that and i this, this great site does that capitalized? a lot it is you the know great who work they is capitalized john, and uh, it's in john quotations. d was a big like alchemy uh is a big believer in the great work so it's all it all it's all oh, really? like a big bullshit or a everything's it's, connected <laughs> it's all it's all That's bullshit right. buffet so now here's the part that gets super interesting Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it's Aquarian Aquarium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know I say interesting solely because of Saturday Night Fever? Because <laughs> I think it's funny how she says it like seven times because she doesn't have to say interesting. But I'll say it as a joke and, and I found myself, I start to say sure. it actually saying it. I'm like, shit, it's interesting. I know the word's interesting, but I say interesting because it was from when I would make fun of that scene because it's like... It's such, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so back to fatheryad.org slash yahoha.org. <laughs> the dot com was taken. So they the have dot the dot com four, was taken. Yeah, so let's talk. Dot com was taken. Uh, it's a nonprofit and it's totally legit. So um, they have like, so here's their beliefs. So they have the four rules of the disciple. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, uh, which is literally a word. Oh no! One after the other, I have no idea what's being said here. So the first thing, the first rule: before the eyes can see, they must be incapable of tears. 
Okay, so like... So glass, basically. (laughs) No, like I'm guessing like maybe that means like before you can see things clearly, you have to not react if you're so if you're taking things personally i think what it really means is if you're with a guy and he has 12 other ladies (laughs) like you need to not cry babe 13 (laughs) 13 i think no but i think non-cynically there's no on this one if we're gonna try okay. listen, listen, we're gonna right. try to see we're gonna try to try to understand okay. the non cynical of what maybe they meant here. So maybe <laughs> based on what I know that they're based on, which is the whole like coming from different mm-hmm. Eastern ideologies, that I think that means you know not taking things personally. Because if you're crying, that means you're hurt, right? So to be able to see things clearly you have to be able to not take sure. it okay that's what i'm gonna all right try to i'm gonna give them the benefit also, of the doubt 150 people in one house you kind of have to that has to be your rule <laughs> you're gonna kind of, you're gonna have to have thick skin yeah before the ear can hear it must have lost its sensitiveness all right they've already <laughs> fucking lost me because first of all sensitiveness <laughs> is not a word so I don't even Again, know what they're trying to say. Don't cry because I'm yelling at you. I'm your father. That's <laughs> what I hear. That's right. what I hear. So, uh, for some reason now, all of a sudden, the lyrics to Don't Cry just hopped <laughs> in my head. I'm like, oh my God, don't cry. All right. So the third rule of the disciple, before the voice can speak in the presence of the masters, it must have lost the power to wound. I want to know who the masters yeah, are. Yeah, that's a great question. Before the soul can stand in the presence of the masters, its feet must be washed in the blood of the heart. Exclamation point. I do not know what that's supposed to mean. Or why it's that very one gets emphatic. an exclamation very point emphatic. in the rest of the mod periods. Yeah. So there's the four rules of the disciple. But then they have... Oh my God, there's an occurring no. dictionary. No. I didn't even know that that existed until oh right now. Yeah. But hold on. Then they have the Ten Commandments. Not the not the usual Ten Commandments. N- no, these are not. These are for the age of Aquarius, Gwenda. <laughs> Get it fucking right, okay? <laughs> Obey and live by the teachings of your earthly spiritual father, a.k.a. Yod, a.k.a. Jim Baker, a.k.a. the judo master <laughs> that killed two people and robbed banks. Love your earthly spiritual father more than yourself. Harm not one of your body parts, either by neglect, food, drink, or knife. So they already do not follow their own commandments because they didn't see, believe in medical attention. Allow each vibration to complete its own cycle without interference. I don't (laughs) even want to try to figure out what that means. Possess nothing that you do not need and share all that you have. So clearly... He needed all those royal sources. He needed, he needed them. them. Be spiritually fulfilled. Exactly. Uh, the man and his woman are one. Let nothing separate them unless Father Yod tells you to start sleeping with another guy, in which case, JK, squander not thy... Cr- See, that's the thing I don't understand. It's like their own supposed beliefs they did well, not adhere to. I think that's part of it, and right? Like the... There's a there's often that hypocritical quality to these to these cult leaders because the rules don't apply to them. It's whatever they decide that day. Right. And people are their force of personality. They make people. I mean, when you're the leader, you can change your commandments anytime you want. Right. 
They have ten commandments, seven great principles of truth. That's a four lot. Rules of the disciple. That's a, and like, guys, you need that's to a lot like, of fucking math. Like, too much. This is a math problem, and right there, I could not. And they're stoned. How are you doing all this math stone? Also, I, I have a real problem with authority. Stoned. And so, like, the minute someone starts making rules, I'm immediately like, nope, I'm out. Like, and I feel, like, good about that policy right now. There, there's a lot here, and I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so, basically, this was the sex, drugs, and rock and roll cult. This was the sex, drugs, and rock and roll cult, but I want to know about this whole she dated Well, so Rob this Reiner. was before the cult. When she first got to... Right, right. So this is when before she, first she was got ISIS. to Hollywood. She met Jim Baker and apparently was not impressed, uh, according to this interview I read. But during this time, she was dating Rob Reiner and she met some other people. So she was still Charlene yes. Peters. At and this time. so then after he started teaching and studying with the guru, she said he changed. And like, you know, then she was in, all in. But I think it is clear that. She and all of these people are like young people searching for community, like who've left probably where they were from, come to California, as so many people do, and found this very welcoming, you know, especially if they were young, attractive women, probably very welcoming, come to meditation, come live in this house. Uh, And you know, honestly, like, it, I mean, my guess is that it's like most of these cults, at least at the beginning or when you first show up, they're they're not giving you the hard sell. Right. That comes later. That comes after you buy in and have relationships with the people, because otherwise everyone would just leave. Right. These these people are obviously masters at manipulation. Uh, and, oh, and she also I noticed in this interview and in everything where people who still kind of believe this talk about how handsome he was which reminded me so much of wild wild country and all of the bemusing about how attractive the leader was by um by sheila <sighs> and he was no there never are i mean they're just dudes keith Rainier, the same thing right they act like he's some charismatic guy he looks like a realtor like i <laughs> You know, I mean, obviously, these guys do have whatever that con artist thing is, um, you know, the charismatic thing um, that allows them to attract people to them. Um, But, geez, I don't I don't see it. Yeah. Rob Reiner. Well, like when he was meathead on on the family, he was a hippie. So I could see it. Yeah. Like, was Rob Reiner... Do you know Rob Reiner was married to Peggy yeah. Marshall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penny Marshall. Oh, did I say Peggy? Oh, well. Oh, my God, I'm so it's sorry. A, she's Penny in Marshall. the aquarium. <laughs> it's all... It's all... It's a very easy. <laughs> how do you go from... I know. That's so interesting. Like, how did he go from dating a woman that turned into a total hippie to being married well, to I Penny mean, Marshall? Well, I mean, I'm going to guess that pretty much every guy in Hollywood he in that time to- dated but, hippie But chicks. here's the thing... But Penny Marshall is a ball busting yeah, Italian yeah, yeah. from Brooklyn, and he ends up. It is it's just funny. funny. It is funny. Know, it is funny. funny. Uh, no, I know that's what makes it. That's what made me crack up. And she says it like three times in that interview. So she's obviously very proud of it still. Well, because he's very. Right. very I mean, clearly this this woman still has issues. <laughs> Sorry, Isis. Don't contact us <laughs> or do. We're gonna get a long email from Isis Aquarian. I, you know what? I hope she does. I hope okay. she does. 
Because I would talk oh, to her. Oh yeah, sure. I got a cra- I got a crazy email from someone this morning um, who thinks MK Ultra is real because and I'm like I'm just I'm just oh my god it. oh my we're so going to talk <laughs> oh, about yeah, it. we, we do, have to we talk do. about that we have to talk no, about that not now but we, we have we to wait have we to have to wait until Ultra. February when my book comes out <laughs> when I'm allowed to talk about the research the research for it. But yes, someone, I guess, saw the news that I was writing a book that has an MK Ultra element about Stranger Things and sent me this long, cr- like, just crazy email about some secret continuing MK Ultra today. And I'm like, I need to scrub this email address off the internet. This is so good. So, so good. Oh, my God. It's so good. I love it. I hope you get all, I hope you get emails like that. Usually, I really usually do. it's just I how do I write a like character that. for DC Comics, right? Like, did you have to get permission for that? I did. Spoiler alert. Oh they they asked me to do it. <laughs> okay. So should we so, do our the so should we do our, our wrap up? What do you ta- what's your takeaway from the source family? I think my takeaway from the source family is I don't know. You go first. I have to think about this. I think my biggest takeaway would be don't smoke a joint from a stranger unless you know what's in that fucking <laughs> joint. Because I don't know what was in that weed, but I'm willing to venture that it was enhanced. <laughs> I think mine is if you are romantically involved with someone who suddenly starts renaming themselves and bringing... <laughs> don't <Bring it. laughs> yeah here we go don't don't become a sister yes. wife to someone that's murdered two people exactly. and robbed a bunch of banks that's my life exactly. advice for today that i learned from the like, source there family there is so another thankfully. community out there for you you do not have to take the first you do a lot of shitty white guys yeah, out there you don't, don't have to don't. take the first sister wife community that tries to to get you like yeah. go out and and like you know, start start your uh, start your crone coven with 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 female friends instead, and you know. Oh my god, crone coven, amazing! <laughs> so much better, right? So just do that. Yeah, me I would too. be in that cult. <laughs> we should start coven. the crone coven. You heard it here first. The crone coven, yeah, that's gonna be our. That's our band. Cult, that's our. <laughs> that's our band. Crone our all girl band. The crone, crone coven. coven. Sorry. Yeah, we rock Sorry, and roll, but only until the um, early evening because we like to get our sleep. <laughs> yes, we believe, we believe in white in rock wine, and roll, rock and, and roll, and white wine. <laughs> Bras, Bras are optional, optional, especially after five p.m. Pajama pants encouraged. Yeah. It's a patriarch, patriarchy, patriarchy free, free zone. <laughs> That's right. Uh, on, on that, that note, note, that's the first episode <laughs> of Cult Vibes. I think that yeah. wraps up the Source yeah. family. Yeah. Um, we got our first episode in the can. <laughs> yeah, baby. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week when Gwenda picks Yay. the cult that we're going to talk about. Very, very exciting. Um, so I'm going to sit back and make sure I have a nice glass of yes, or two of wine. You should. But until then, you can find us on social media on twitter instagram and facebook at cult faves um and if you have a cult that you want us to talk about or you want to tell us about or put it on our radar email us at cult podcast at gmail.com 
Especially you, ISS Aquarium. <laughs> oh my god, Aquarium. Until then! Stay 